0: This is the s Ra Podcast. I'm going late tonight. I'm going to be honest with you. I got stuck on a talk. I'm going a little late. I need some sleep. You know, I work a full-time job. You might be surprised by this, but this is not bringing revenue to me. But let's get to it, right? This is my boxing edition podcast. I say that so in case you're an MMA fan and you get the hell out of here, you can't. You know what I mean? You don't want to hear about boxing. You have no interest in boxing. I'll have an MMA episode up this week. Just scroll up. I got the next one that's MMA, but this is my boxing one. We're talking about Amir Khan versus Cal Brook. And no, that's not 2012 or 15 or whenever the hell this fight was supposed to happen. It's not. It's a fight that's. We're talking about boxing when we let fights age too much. This fight is age. It's old. It's bad milk. You go in your fridge, you're like, what the hell is that smell? It's Cal Brook and Amir Khan. What the hell that smell is. And. The thing is with this, and I, I, I don't know why it's up for debate, it seems pretty simple to me, especially when I broke it down. They each had to break down their last fights. And the, they both had the same opponent for the last fight. And that's Terrence Crawford. And they both got a beat down from Terrence Crawford. But one got beat down, uh, to me, it just had zero chance in the fight. And one was competitive until he got caught. Amir kind of shot. Like, he just is. He just does not have the legs to be a professional boxer anymore. And he, honestly, his legs are so bad that it looks like it was someone you were like teaching how to box. He just doesn't have that balance anymore. And when he reaches and when he used to do it with his speed, he would have the legs to at least like be able to hold up for the balance, the position he put himself in that's unbalanced. But well, he doesn't have that anymore. And he falls forward and he loses his front leg and he gets turned sideways. And Kelbrook still has his balance. No, he doesn't Calbrook doesn't have the same, maybe the same speed, same power, definitely doesn't have the same chin. But American has no chin. He's like not gonna hold up to powerful shots. So I think that it's gonna get to a point where, you know, Calbrook, who it's always been good at timing, you know. Even when he fought Crawford, the so short the fight was, but he showed things in that point, right? He showed things that he still had some timing, still, uh, still had you know some pop to him, a little, little bit of speed. Um, he just had more, right? He just still looks strong, and Amir Khan doesn't look strong anymore. Now I know Amir Khan is training with Bomac, and this is you know looking to some kind of you know you know, pre- preserve with something late of him in this career. I just I don't think it's going to work. I just don't think it's going to work. And I think that he's going to get caught. And I think that Cal Brooks the wrong guy to face when you put yourself on balance because his timing is so good. And timing really, you know, if you can keep your timing and your power doesn't really, you know, dip that much as you get older, you know, that's it spells nightmares for Khan. I'm going to pick Cal Brooke in this fight. I think he's going to win in a devastating fashion just because everybody that fights Miracon wins in devastating fashion at this point. So I'm gonna take uh Calbrook by stoppage. I think it's gonna be before th- it's three rounds before. You know what I mean? I just think that Miracon's gonna lunge. I think that he might look fast maybe early, like where you're like, Oh, maybe Miracon could do something and then you'll just start seeing Calbrooks just, you know, step away a foot, right? Step away one step and see Miracon just fall into so many traps and unbalance and just being so unbalanced that Cal Brooks is going to catch him and drop him, And he'll probably get up and get dropped again. And that's big Cal Brooks to get a stoppage in this fight. I don't really see much more for these guys. I don't, this is a big payday for them and um, I'm glad for that, but I just can't see, you know, there's not really a lot of interest for me seeing these guys going forward. I I know what they are. I've seen what happened in their career. This is, uh, you know, a, a, a story of, you know, what seemed like great potential for both guys that never really, Panned out for whatever reason. It's kind of similar mistakes in their career as far as like Mirkon fighting Canelo Alvarez, who was much too big for him, or Kelbrook fighting Glenn Gluffin, who was way, way, way too big for him, and kind of just like not recovering from that. Now, Amir Khan, you could say, you know, was dropped by Dan Garcia, was dropped by British Prescott, maybe was never going to amount to uh, what we thought he was going to be for his like speed and power. Um, a lot of people bring similarities for like fighters and Maybe one of the ones that I think might be there. I mean, doesn't in his glass jaw yet, but maybe um Ryan Garcia, right, for Amir Khan. I just think Ryan Garcia has more balance than Amir Khan really ever did. And Amir Khan, when he went to Freddie Roach, who's a very good offensive trainer, but sometimes defensively, you know, a little more to be desired. I just I just think that it was good. Like it was getting it was like full on the gas the whole time. But you know, the car starts to wear down, right? So start ride too rough like that. And that's what happened to America on Kell Brook. I thought had a lot of potential. Be Sean Porter, right? Clearly be Sean Porter. And then, you know, as like a money grab and everything goes to fight Golovkin, two weight classes above and gets destroyed. And then when he fights Earl Spence, his face just doesn't hold up. It's just like, you have to think like, what did the Golovkin fight do to him? Uh, you know, and that's what, it's just one of those things you, could, it's just, it's kind of, you kind of have to wonder like, what did, what did Glove can do to him? That, what, what could he have been if he wouldn't have had that? Because the damage taken in that fight had to have an effect on his career. Um, I'm not even going to do a counter for that one. I think uh, Amir Khan is just shot. There's no counter for it. There's really nothing he could do to me that can turn this around. You know what I mean? Just uh, if he could draw Kelbrook into him, like Kelbrook be aggressive and come into him so he doesn't have to step forward that would be you know the best thing but that would take him moving backwards and sideways and keeping the balance at that point i just don't think that's possible next fight we have is uh jaime Mongea which is going under the radar for a jaime Mongea fight versus ballard and ballard is uh you know it's an opponent under the same umbrella as Mongea right what was possible under the same umbrella Mongea Yeah, have ballard and ballard has never has never really impressed now at one point, considered maybe a prospect, but never really turned into anything. And it seemed to now have be like decreasing as a fighter, right? Decaying his, his talents. And Magia seems to ne- never been be- you know never been as good as he is right now. Like he's improving. He's he's actually um, under Eric Morales. He's doing, you know, he's showing new things, new elements to his game, and uh, a little more control. And it's just you know, as far as improvements, what you want to see is you know from where he was to where he is now it's a better fighter now is it a world beater no is it ever going to be like a world championship fighter maybe a fake belt but as far as like will he be the best guy middleweight i don't see that in his future and in this matchup which is setting him up for the domus fight like i mean that's what the whole storyline is so people saying like why is he taking this fight why is he dodging andrade Golovkin? i mean i think he is dodging andrade but I think it's going end up a dominance fight. And if it's going end up a dominance fight, then we can, no one's going to be mad about that. Like, that's that's fight. Everybody want to see it. I think it's a really good matchup. But he's got to get through Ballard. And will he get through Ballard? I believe so. Because Ballard, like I said, he's, he, his abilities are getting worse. They're not getting better. Um, Ballard has some pop. He looks He's going to look to exchange, right? He's going to look to be in the pocket and exchange with you. And he, a lot of his shots come from wide hooks. He does have, like, a poking jab that I think he needs to really rely on in this fight to like kind of keep Mangia from you know just coming forward all he wants right and kill his momentum where it stands and you know look to set up that left hook you know that's what Ballard to me is like looks like to be his big shot um Munguia is gonna jump in on you when he jumps in you can't just shell up and you can't just hold you gotta take that chance when he gives it to you 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 gotta take advantage of that real estate that he's giving you he's gotta hit him with that left hook it's 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 gonna be key to where his power is gonna to have to mean something in this fight. And Magia seems to have a hell of a chin. Now, what's Magia gonna do? Mag- Magia is, you know, definitely more bouncing more recently, definitely more balanced. Uh He can get sideways. He's gonna jab his way in himself. He's, he goes to the left hook to the body, right, uh, left, right, left hook to the body, left hook to the head. It kind of gets like um, a pattern. You could kind of start reading the pattern, what he's going, but he's. Just, he has some good pop to him. He's got some good activity to him that he sometimes he can get away from. And he doesn't mind being in a war. His guard will fall apart. It's not a very disciplined guard. He does have a high and tight as it goes on. But as the fight goes on, he will, you know, loosen up with it. And it will drop. It will get, you know, you know sometimes he'll start leaving openings. And it, suddenly it will just start turning into, you know, a brawl. With Monkey fights, is always kind of going to lead to a brawl. With Ballard, I think that, He'll be up for that. So we could see some entertainment in this fight, but I just think Monkey's work is just gonna to be too much for Ballard, and I think he's gonna land a little too often. I expect him to stop this fight around the seventh or eighth round. Um you probably will see some shots for Ballard landing, but I just think that first of all, his is he's too straight up. Is um when he gets inside, he doesn't adjust, he doesn't adjust his legs. I just think Monkey is just gonna be able to be able to land what he wants in the inside. And even though the Ballard might stay tough and look to land himself, but it's just too much is gonna add up. And it, giving up too many positions, just kind of reacting to what Magia does isn't always the you know the best strategy. So I'm gonna pick Magia to stop it in this fight. I'm gonna say seventh to eighth round. TKO. Now where's Monguilla go from there? I think it's Adonis, but he'll have plenty of options. is in a you know a lot of the Golden Boy fighters are really good positions, right? Especially like Ryan Garcia, Virgil Ortiz, and Magia basically like everyone will take a fight with them because they have notoriety Um, you know, maybe not Virgil Ortiz's case, but a lot of people think that Ryan Garcia and Mungu are very beatable. Um, They, you know, there's not a lot of guys that, like, who really can bring attention to a fight, and these guys definitely all can, so it's they're all in good positions. Mungu's in a good position. He can fight Andrade. He can fight Charlo. He can fight Triple G. I mean, Triple G is the only one that's, like, he needs Triple G, like he's looking for the Triple G fight, but that's a very possible fight to make because it seems like it will make money, Is especially especially if Triple G doesn't get the uh, Canelo fight or if Murata wins. Like, I wouldn't mind Murata versus Manguia. That's, that's a hell of a fight. So he's in good position, and a lot of Golden, Golden Boy fighters are in good position like that. Um, so let's go to the, some news and notes. So we have Cambosos versus Loma is what's, you know, rumored to be happening seems to be what's happening it's a two-fight deal and i think that that really is what's gonna set this fight over the top for not allowing haney to get it because i think the zone knows that and it's just unfortunate as it is right let me explain this haney situation because i think that um everybody's opinion on it i think it's a lot more simpler than what everybody's making it Devin haney isn't the big name right but Devin haney gets paid big name price is his price is big name for where he's at um and the, why did that happen? It's because when Don's, DAZN needed to build an American brand, right, they overpaid for a lot of fighters. Now, you could say, well, how did they overpay? You get paid when you negotiate. All those things were fine. But they paid more than market value. They paid more than anyone else would. Why? Because no one knew who Matchroom was. No one knew what DAZN was. And if you're going to go there, you would have to take a chance. You would have to overpay to get talent there. So that's what they did. And they got a prospect in Devin Haney. And what they were putting the money in is that the future, that they would have the most talented guy at 135, 140, maybe 147 at one point. Now they might have the most talented guy at that weight. That did not really change, but what didn't really change would, um, what did change was maybe like the projections of his fame, right, and his you know noteworthiness. It it, it didn't really go the way they thought it was. Right, it wasn't an upswing like they thought it would be. And he's under the same network as a guy in the same weight class as Ryan Garcia. Right, and that's like being under the same weight, you know, network as Tank Davis. Right, so Tank Davis is going to get first selection for whatever fighter he wants, it's like being 167 pounds. Um, and you're in the same network as Canelo, Canelo's going to get first choice, whoever he wants. Now, you will hopefully get the scraps of what what comes there, but that's, that's just the way it goes. And Haney has kind of been surviving on the scraps, so as far as Leonora's, as far as uh Jojo Diaz, and now. The Zone is not willing to, you know, pay the money that it's going to take to get Cambosos. And it seems like they might be willing to pay for Ryan, but they're not willing to pay whatever top rank is willing to offer for Cambosos versus Loma. And what I think sets it off is not only what they're paying him for that fight, but the fact that there's a guaranteed rematch if Cambosos lose, right? And the thing is, you got to think how hard of a sell that would be, right? That Loma beats Cambosos. And let say he just does it, like, in easy fashion. And you're going to tell people, like, oh, we're going to see that again. And it's, a, you know, a champ that not necessarily everyone believes in. It, that's a tough sell and I think the zone thinks that the first fight of Devin Haney versus Camboso is going to be a tough sell it's not going to generate what they're going to have to pay for it and they're going to say now he wants a second fight guaranteed and they were just that's that probably said overline, line and then they probably said I really want to put more money for Ryan Garcia because that seems a, that would be a bigger fight so that's to me the situation what's happening with Camboso and, and Loma and why Camboso and Loma is going to happen now, I am kind of getting the feeling that Loma might retire if he wins the Undisputed, right? And he might give Camposso the rematch and then retire after that. And just, you know, I don't know what else Loma's going to be looking for. And as far as getting another opponent, like, sure, he can fight Shakur. Stevenson, if he, Shakur beats Valdez, or Valdez after Valdez beats Shakur. But really, what does that do for him? Like, I don't think that that's the end game for him. I think that him becoming Undisputed at... Lightweight, And I think he might just stop at that point and say, that's it. That's all I want to do with my career. I wouldn't be surprised in that kind of get leaning toward that's what's going to happen. We have Ryan Garcia joining uh, Goosen's Gym and Joe Goosen. Not joining Goosen's Gym because he's actually training his own gym in San Diego. And I was thinking about like Goosen. And I know that I was kind of negative when I talked about this before as far as like Ryan Garcia. You know, just kind of being that fighter that just doesn't take advice or doesn't take criticism prison well, or maybe not completely dedicated, but what I did want to talk about was, what is Joe Goosen going to turn him into? And it's going to be more definitely a pressure fighter. It's going to be more inside game. It's going to be using his power and his speed a lot more. Now, I, I Goosen had, to me, his best work is probably with Corrales. I can see some similarities, what uh, Corrales and Ryan could do. Um, I do think Corrales is a little probably better with his legs than Ryan more dynamic of a punch or two as far as like what shots he has on his repertoire, but Ryan Garcia has way more power and way more speed than Corrales ever had. And I'm just curious how, you know, it could be a great matchup. Like if you think about like a trainer when what like what he had in is to what he has in Ryan, I could see things that would be very effective. I just the part, I'm not doubting Joe Goose and what I'm more doubting is just Ryan Garcia's dedication to boxing and if he's going to be that guy where he's a head case, where he's just like all about him and you can't doubt what he's doing or you can't be speak negative of him or maybe even tell him the truth. And that's the case then Joe Goosin's just, you know, Joe Goosin needs Ryan more than Ryan needs him and Aaron also doesn't really need Ryan as much as Ryan needs him, if that makes sense. So, you know, he's kind of a lame duck coach almost in a way, like if it was the NBA, so just curious to see how that plays out and where's Ryan' dedication. Like I said, I, I, I sold my stock just because I don't like the decision-making. I don't like things being said and like the interview that Dad gave. So it is what it is on that point, but I'm, I'm, I'm curious that I don't think Goosen's a bad trainer and I think that that could actually make sense and work. We also have Charlo versus Castano, which is canceled. Um, very strange conditions of, you know, as far as like sanctioning bodies, saying that Castano was maybe faking it or he's the reason why it's happening but it seems like he's hurt hurt his bicep big fight um especially for just boxing heads i don't know if it's like a big one for the casuals but it's a big fight undisputed at 154 the guy the top dog um and it looks like now there's going to be some maybe legal problems as far as you know did we push just delay it or do the sanction bodies not get involved and make these guys fight their mandatories it's gonna be interesting going forward. I hate the belts. I hate this whole system. I think it's very dumb. I think that they should just drop the belts, fight each other. I think everybody would just really appreciate that. But for some reason, people were you know sold on this belt situation. So we're gonna see now. Tim Tazoo has said uh, Tim Zoo, the Tim Tazoo, because his name, his dad's name was Costa Zoo, and now I want to call him Tim Tazoo, but it's just Tim Zoo. Uh, Tim Zhu said he'll step in. I don't think Tim Zhu at that level. I don't think he's ready. But I would like to see the fight that Tim Zhu was scheduled for with uh, Goucher. I think that that's, uh, I think that's a great fight. Especially in the run that Gouche is on. So I-, I like that fight. Or not the run. But maybe the how Gouche has looked. Um, and I would like that fight for Tim Zhu. Just to kind of see where he's at. But hopefully it just... You know, delay this fight maybe like a month or two, and then we get it because that's a really good fight. I want to see it. I'm really favoring Charlo in the rematch, especially if Costello's having the problems in gym, especially with the bicep injury. He's going to have to heal from that, then come back straight to sparring and all that. That seems tough. So that's this week's episode. This has been the Boxing Edition. Thank you guys for listening. Please give me a five-star rating. Subscribe to the podcast. Check out my YouTube, the Ezra Straight-To-Video podcast. He's got to put Ezra podcast. It'll come up. Thank you guys for listening. Peace!